0: Hi, this is Dr. Jane Battenberg, author of Change Within, Change the World. In this weekly podcast, I interview changemakers who are at the cutting edge of new thought and consciousness awareness. Join me as we change within and change the world together. Our guest for today is Carol Dixon. She is a poetess, she writes poetry, and her topic is find your art in these changing times. Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jane, glad to be here. So I asked you to be on the show to talk about your poetry and your use of creativity. What does
1: creativity mean to you? Creativity to me is is approaching life in the moment. When I'm being creative, I'm present, I'm here now. Whether it's gardening or writing or creating visual art, it opens a door to something inside of myself I'm not able to access in any other way. And I feel like creativity can be a tool for all of us in times like these. Nature's kind of put us in a timeout. This virus is creating times where we are part of the machine and we're in quieter, stiller places than we're used to being. And so let's show up. Let's focus on our task at hand and make it into art. Be creative. You know, if you're cooking, allow that spice to talk to you. If you're writing, listen to the words, listen to your inner voice. So creativity to me is about opening doors, but it does a lot more than that. Like for my husband who was injured in Vietnam, he was blown up. The whole right side of his body was hit with a rocket. He's always in pain from this injury. He's always used painting, gardening, even cooking as ways to, he focuses on the present moment to lift him out of his pain. Once I became aware of this, he was painting a mask once. Every day he would work on it and he would, those are the only time I don't hurt is when I'm completely focused on these lines, this color. And so creativity can take us out of pain. It can take us into the center of our pain so that we can go all the way through to the other side. It's a way to focus in the moment is how I see creativity.
0: You haven't always had time for creativity, right? Can you talk about when you were so busy and you had to carve out time for creativity?
1: Yes. Right now I have a lot of space and time for creativity, but... When I was younger, I was a mother and a grandmother and a wife, and I had all of my children and grandchildren living under the same roof as me, and I was working 60-hour weeks. And I found I would still get up an hour early at 5 a.m., so I would have time to write and have time to myself and have time to listen. So I was not always busy, not always engaged with others. And there was another time in my life when I was working all the time. I was always on a computer, and I had lost access to my own body and my own center. The lake nearby kept calling my name and eventually I was able to afford a kayak and I got out on the kayak and, and I would hear I would hear my inner voice telling me that if, if I did not find ways to be creative, I wasn't going to live much longer. I had to free my inner poet. The word poetess came to my mind and I blogged under the name Poetess for many years anonymously because I needed a creative outlet.
0: Wow, can you read one of your poems to give people an idea of what you write?
1: Okay, this one I call the alarm. I woke up before my alarm went off. This is the story of my life. I woke up to racism, to the possibility of healing. The alarm is going off, but I already woke up. It is still devastating for the alarm to ring. That which we slumbered around has now awoken, a slumbering beast of societal injustice, environmental degradation. There is no sleep now. But then how do we redefine a dream if we are awake? Now is the time to direct the dreamers to better dreams, to awaken ourselves to our privilege. How do we reconcile our lives with this alarm? We must do the work. And it is to sit with ourselves and our privilege and figure out how to share it. I woke up before the alarm went off, but did I use the time well?
0: That's great. How do poems come to you? How do you create poems?
1: They usually start with questions. I'm I'm usually puzzling over something. (laughs) And then I'll see at some point. While I'm grappling with something in my mind, I'll see an image. And when that image settles on me, I have, it's an urge it's a, to write it down, to get it, to start questioning that image, to talk to that image, to, to see what that extended metaphor, what answers it gives me. And so that's usually my poem is me questioning an image with an urgency that is just <laughs> upon me.
0: Well, you want to read a couple more poems
1: just because they're so intriguing. Here's sun salutation, direct connection with the sun. Bring it into my crown, my third eye. Don Resonate with light. Warm, hot, burning, sun and skin converse. I take in the sun, it's evolving light, it's dancing information, can live stream in my crown, waltz in my third eye, jitterbug in my heart, square dance in my dandien. Digging deeply into the earth, I reveal black earth to bright sun. I exert physical powers devolving into a wildly beating heart thrown recklessly onto star thistle until gasping and uneven breath becomes quiet. Then I'm quietly tugging on plants I wish not to grow next to more highly valued plants. A root refuses to give until its roots claim free reign. Feed the rest, I beseech it. Carry underground nourishment to others, if you will, you kind invasive roots. Relationships grow with plants whom I spend this time carefully grooming their surroundings. Dirty hands, soil thrown in my hair. I'm a creature at one with dirt, filthy by your standards, clean as a whistle by mine. I'm a fool traipsing into irrelevancy. That is the point, to be irrelevant. When it comes to consumerism when it comes to gas consumption to participate as little as possible the point is to become relevant to the sunshine falling upon the land for a patch of plants to know my name to be popular in a crowd of echinacea for the pear and apple trees to sense my presence and to trace their ancient patterns when i prune becoming aware of their fractal gifts of bloom and fruit.
0: Oh, that is, that's one of my favorites. Thank you. If people want to read more of these poems or see the visuals that you've created to go with them, you have a website, Spirit Tess, S-P-I-R-I-T-T-E-S-S dot wordpress dot com. Yes would you read another one how about um x marks the spot
1: x marks the spot living in tangled webs and knots of mind following the era of heart the mirror reveals hair reflective of the mind tangled wild eyes pierce the way leading to the heart of things Follow the eyes, because the hair makes no sense. Mama Earth always makes sense, if you understand chaos is part of the equation. She is mathematically precise, represents the purest form. We, all living things, are her life force energy. We sputter, crackle, fizzle. Our lights are going out everywhere there is blight which is everywhere. There are sinkholes, places unrehabilitated, too long in the refuse pile. There we leave living beings, ask them to die, to decay into our riches, to be our human sacrifice to the gods of all unholy. Mother seems weak, unable to hold muster in these places. It's part of the equation. X marks the spot where life no longer matters. This is her strength in times like these. Decay, compost, death forces, subterrestrial action. Can we not permaculture the earth? Use our bodies to nourish the whole? Not your bodies, our bodies. Can we rake out the manure? Spread it around? create living, thriving communities built on wisdom seeds dropped by elders, people of color, minorities, those who carry this load of shit which must be shared. We have to elevate them, give them air, let them breathe. A bird glances off the window. I type these words gazing outward into long-lived trees that shed and tremble lose their leaves, communicate through their roots. What can be learned? We are all connected. Germs and microbes inform us, making us more intelligent about how we live, who we kill, why we look this way.
0: Wow. Let's go back to the importance of creativity to you. I think there's more you want to say about that, about the importance of creativity to all of us.
1: It creates a pathway back to my whole compassionate self. I was born that way, and I'd like to die that way. But somewhere in the beginning, society's casual cruelness broke some of the empathy in me and some of the compassion and a lot of the imagination. And I'm trying to reforge these pathways through creativity and find, well, I feel like when, when we're creative, we touch the divine. So I guess I'm looking for a pathway back to the divine. And I feel like creativity offers us this. Art is anything we put our mind to. Art can be cooking. I don't usually put my mind to art and cooking because that's not one of my favorite things. But gardening is. I'm there. I play. I garden. And so many of my images come from, from what I do every day, which is grow plants, weed, water walk in the woods behind my house, prune my orchard. These are all acts of creation to me. And I I used to practice martial arts and Tai Chi. It's an art form moving our body carefully, mindfully. To me, art is being mindful and creativity. And this brings us to the divine and connects us in ways that make us whole.
0: So whether people do gardening or other types of creativity, you're saying that it connects them to something larger than themselves?
1: You know, you don't have to be artistically inclined. You don't have to be able to draw or even write well. All you have to do is try. It doesn't have to be a product. It's a process. Art and creativity is a way to approach life where You explore what the rules are, and you discard some of them, and you utilize others. I keep going back to it. It's a way to become present to the now.
0: Well, we're coming to the end of our time, but before we end, is there any last-minute thought that you have that you'd like to share, or any last poem that you'd like to read?
1: I've got one more poem that is hopeful. It works with the image of imaginal cells. Caterpillar soup is the name of it. There are millions of eyes around the globe in cells of stillness. The hurricane outside rises in intensity. Multitudes shelter in place. Unmasked, undone. When we emerge, what comes in the wreckage outside our doors? Whose homes will be left untouched? What institutions will be uprooted, like the giant ash tree down by the creek after the rains of 1994? Whose hands will hold the reins to power? Whose horses will we be hitched to? In horror, if we are paying attention, we see everything we thought we could rely on forever dissolving. I am holding the image of a caterpillar grown fat from incessant munching. We are cocooned. Our bodies no longer predictable, dissolution. And yet there are some cells who have been here all along, hiding for their lives during the life of the caterpillar. Now they are finding each other. Reality for a caterpillar has become insufferable, painful no longer recognizable. These hidden persecuted cells, imaginal is their name, reorganize into an entirely new living being. They emerge with new skills, able to fly. Creatures of great beauty, a butterfly is now the image I hold.
0: Wow, that is very hopeful and it's a great way to end this podcast. Thank you, Carol, very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Jane, for having me. Um, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to share some of this poetry. Enjoy your day and go out and be present and create a new reality, better reality.
0: So you don't miss any of our shows. Make sure you subscribe to podcast.changewithin.com or click the subscribe button below. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Jane Battenberg.